I want to share with you something that I heard from my uncle, Shlita. My uncle is uh, a retired rabbi. He served in uh, many different positions over his uh, career, from Jackson Heights to the Bronx. Uh, now he's retired in Riverdale. He's around 93, 94 years old. And I called him Erev Rosh Hashanah to see how he was doing and to wish him a good year. He had uh, actually a very rough year. He's in and out of the hospitals. It's my father's oldest brother. And I, I consider him to be an Adam Gadol Admaid. And at the end of the conversation, I asked him for a good vart. And he always has one. Every good rabbi always has a good vart in their pocket. So he told me a vart, and it blew me away. I want to share it with you. I've never really told it Barabim yet. I just it's only a, it's less than ten days old. So um I saved it for you. The Dubna Magid, perhaps the most famous of all the Magidim in Jewish history. points out that there was a minig in Europe that all the Avinu Malkinos that are said, I don't know how many of you were here from my Shabbat Shubhad Rasha, but uh, I was speaking a little bit about Avinu Malkino in a different context, and I, I recounted that when I was a little boy growing up in Long Beach, there was a, one of the old men in the shul, a concentration camp survivor, and he was a kibitzer, and he would say, Maisha, how many Avinu Malkenus are there? And I would go, I took a cigarette, I started counting, I, I 25. He says, no, 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 no. I said, let me, let me try to count again. He says, no, no, Maisha, Maisha, there's only one Avinu Malkenu. The last of the Avinu Malkenus, the Minig was in Europe, to say very, very silently. The other ones... We scream, we yell. The last one in, in Europe, this was what the Minig was, that Avinu Malkeinu, Chaneinu Vaneinu, find grace in us, Ki'ein Banu Masim, we have nothing. Asayim Manu Tzedakah V'chesed, do us some kindness, some justice, some charity. They would say that very, very silently. The Dubna Magad explains why this minig developed with a mushal, of course. And he says, Mashal Ma'adavardaim, you go to the local Makolet, you go to the local supermarket, and you take your shopping cart and you fill it up. You're walking down the aisle like a big knacker, and you go to the meat department, then you go to the fish department, then you go to the frozen food department, and the bakery, the sushi. You just keep on loading up your shopping cart, and everybody's looking at you. You're very chashuv. You know, look, he filled up his whole shopping cart. And yeah, you go to the cash register, and the owner is standing behind the, uh, the register, and you say to him, 
out of earshot of everybody else in the in the supermarket, could I speak to you privately in the, in, in the back office? He says, oh, okay. Takes you to the back office. And he says, listen, all the stuff that I filled up in my cart, I can't afford. I need for you to give me some credit. Got to give me some credit. Got to put me down in, in your book, and uh, I'll pay it back someday when I can. But right now I can't. But I need the I need the food. The Namagid says, "This is what it's like." We say Avinu Malkenos, and we go down the list, and we demand from the Rabbeinu Shlaim, we beseech him, Rufuah Shlema. Sefer Chaim Taivim, Sefer Parnas Vachalkala, Krarai Gazardi Neno. We have a whole shopping cart full of demands, full of requests, full of filos, bakashas. But at the end, after all of them are over, after we got it all out of our system and we were like screaming and crying and I need this, I want that, we say to the Rabbi Shalom privately, you have to give us we have we don't we don't have the the money for this we don't have the capital for this we don't have we can't afford what we're what we're asking for we don't have any grant us some charity give us some mercy give us give us some just give me credit but i i can't afford it. i i don't have anything i i'm 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 requesting as if i have to demand it but i don't I'm impoverished, and I, I need your help. I need your assistance at the end of the day. This is the Dibna Magid, you said. Comes along my uncle, Zalgazunzain, and he says, you know, he always knew this part of the Dibna Magid. Came to America. I'm sure you know the story about my family, how they escaped from... Würzburg to Denmark, and then from Denmark, when the Nazis came to Denmark, they went across the, the boat to Sweden, famous fishing boats that the, the Gaim saved the Jews. Story for a different time, perhaps. But my uncle and my father came to America, to Ner Yisrael, in Baltimore, and they learned there, and they steigt there, and Brought the rest of my family over, and uh, that's how we came to America. So my uncle says, you know, I came to America. Now, the Minig in Europe, he remembered. The Minig was to say that last Sabina Makina very silently. So the Dubna Magabazari Gishmak comes to America. Everyone says Avina Makina is pretty silently, except for that piece in the middle. And the last Avina Makina, all of a sudden, he was prepared to say it silently. And Avinu Malkeinu Chaneinu Vane. He says, what's going on here? It's a crazy country. They never knew of the Dubna Magid's words. So my uncle says, you know what? He was Mechadish something. He says, you know what the difference between Europe and America is? In America, they had something called credit cards. In Europe, they didn't have credit cards. In Europe, if you wanted to fill up your shopping cart, you had to actually come out with cash and pay what, your, what the bill is. 
In America, it's mischadish something brand new. You don't have to have money. You don't have to have cash. Take out a piece of plastic. You give it to the guy. And you're good. They let you go. They let you take all the stuff out of the store with nothing. Just a swipe of a card. Today, you don't even need plastic. You just give your, you know, your, your smartphone, you zap your smartphone, and boom, you're just out. So in America, he said, Avina Malkeno, you could start screaming Avina, the last one even louder, because you don't have to call over any owner privately. The owner doesn't, uh, there's no owner, there's no interpersonal reaction. I have credit. And that's why in Europe they would say it very silently because you have to actually beg for tzedakah v'chesed. In America, you don't. But, my uncle said, even in America, with all your credit cards, there comes a day of reckoning. There is a time that you have to pay your credit card bills. Before the repo man comes, starts taking all your goodies away, you better pay that bill. When is that time? When do you have to actually pay the Rabbeinu Shalom for all the credit that he gave you? So he says, by Ni'ilah. By Ni'ilah we say, Ata yad we know that now is crunch time. Now I have to pay the bill. Now I have to come up with some cash, some real, some real stuff. And now I don't have anything. I'm telling you now, I don't have anything. I have nothing. I'm asking you now for a handout. is when Yisrael starts screaming and crying, and, and, and it finally hits home how impoverished we really are and how we need to come on to the Rebbein Hashem's mercy. There was a great Godel in Europe. His name was the Granat. From Naftali Trup was the Rosh Hashiva in Radin. In the Chavetz Chaim's Yeshiva, he was a Gain Adir. Perhaps he was eclipsed in a certain sense by the Chavetz Chaim because the Chavetz Chaim was, it was Chavetz Chaim's Yeshiva. But the Granat could have been Rosh Hashiva anywhere in the world. It's just, he was in the Chavetz Chaim's Yeshiva. It's sort of like, Slabotka. Everybody knows the Altaf in Slabotka. How many people know who the Rashiva of Slabotka was? Altaf was like the Mashkiach, like the father, the grandfather of the Yeshiva. Anyone know who the Rashiva of Slabotka was? Ramesha Mardachai Epstein. But very few people know who was Mardachai was, uh, was a God Ladar. But he was Rav Aaron Kotler's rabbi, he was Rav Shach's rabbi, but you know, people know the, the Altaf. Altaf just was so great that he gets, like, all the glory, but Ramesh Mardachai was the Rashiva of Slabotka, and the Granat was the Rashiva of Radin. So the Granat says that there's a very important Yisait that we have to know this time of year. And this is, if you're going to take one thing besides from my uncle's Vard home with you, this should be it. The Granat says that the major problem that we all have with Rosh Hashanah and Kippur 
is that our mind works that there are things in life that I have. That's a chayk v'layavar. I own my house. I own my clothing. My wife's jewelry is all paid for. There are things that I, I have. I have a job, Baruch Hashem. I have children. I have health. I have friends. I have family. I have food. Yeah, Baruch Hashem, I, I'm doing well. Now, I'm going into Rosh Hashanah and Kippur asking for more. Whatever I have is a given. That's, that's mine. That's, that's mine. I'm going into this new season for what, I, what I'm missing. Okay, I, I want a promotion. I want to have a better car. I want to, I wanna, you know, I, the starter house was cute. Now I want to get a nicer house. That's how we go in. That's our mindset. Our mindset is that we're muxlik in certain things. I have health. I have wealth. I have, I have ambition. I have drive. I have, uh, I have, I have everything that I have. I, I have a great career, and I, I, I'm in a great graduate school, and I'm, uh, I, I have a great chavrusa. I have a great rabbi. I have a great yeshiva. I have a great this. I have a great shul. And now I'm just like, gonna, I want to carry that all forward, plus in accounting... Zada can back me up on this, I hope. There's two different types of ways of when corporations give out money, at the allocate money for every department. Let's say you, know, you have a huge company. Let's say, I don't know, IBM. So IBM has, I don't know, probably 100 different branches of IBM. And every department has to be allocated a certain amount of funds. They need money to... You know, to buy staplers and to, and to have uh, their their trips and to you know to pay for uh, I don't know their their dining and their their vacations and their their pensions and whatever it is. But every department has a certain amount of funds that are allocated to it. Now, in a lot of corporations, there the way it works is that let's say you're in the um, I don't know let's say you're in a certain department in, in IBM. You have a certain part of IBM and you're the head of that department. So last year you made you had your budget was fifty million dollars. So the next year your budget is fifty million dollars. And now if you want more, you have to make a case for why you need more. But there's another type of budgeting, and this is I think very common today because everybody's looking to to cut corners. They don't want to like have this ballooning budget. They want to try to like really curb the budget, and it's called zero based budgeting. Zero-based budgeting is, you don't have any mukhsakais in what you had last year. I don't care what, you made, what, what we allocated for you last year. You're going to start from zero, and you're going to make a case dollar for dollar what you need in this coming fiscal year. But you start with zero, and now you have to tell me from scratch what you need. Tell me a line item thing, what, what you're going to need for every single thing, why you deserve the money, and, and that's where it goes. The Granat says that Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur is zero-based budgeting. We don't start with anything. We don't start with anything. We don't have anything. We have to make our case fresh. If we, if we have Baruch Hashem good health in Tav Shanayin test, that's great. Don't assume 
that you're going to have good health because you had last year good health, you're going to have this year good health. It's a brand new budget. Don't assume because you had a job last year that you're going to have an automatic job next year. It's a brand new budget. Don't assume that just because you were zeichet to have certain brachas and tafshanayim and tassad automatically, that's yours. You're mukhsik on that. Now you need extra. That's, the Granat says that's such a fallacy to think that you're a mukhsik in anything. You know where the Granat says this? He says that there's a Gemara in Rosh Hashanah that says, Kol Shana Sharasha Bitchila any year that's poor at the beginning of the year is wealthy at the end of the year. Whatever the Pshuta Shalmikra of that Gemara is, but the way the Granada understands it is that a year that you feel impoverished, Rashanian Kippur, a year that you come in saying to the Rabbi Shalom, I have nothing. I got nothing. Anything that I have was last year. Now I'm starting new. I have to make a case right now for why I deserve whatever I had last year. Forget about the new stuff that you're hoping to get. I have to make a case about why I deserve to have health, to have wealth, to have, to have a house, to have a car, to have children. To have, what did I do? do? Do I deserve it? Maybe you do. Maybe you're so perfect that you deserve everything you had last year and now you're just going to you know, ask for more this year. Great. But if we stop and think that maybe that's not the case, maybe I didn't really do that much in Tavshanayim test to deserve even the brachas that I had, it makes you really start thinking that I should really feel poor going into Rosh Hashanah Kippur. I shouldn't feel gaivadik. I shouldn't feel like I'm a big knocker. You know, sometimes you see people coming into, into shuls or into yeshivas, uh, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, and they're like, you know, they're, they're brand new talesim with the atara, with the kittel, they, you know, they... Feel good, you know, it's, it's geschmack. It's, you know, you feel like spitz. That's not really the best way to go into Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. The way to go into Yom Kippur is that I'm broke. I'm broke. Kein banu the credit card ran out. I have no schusim. When you have an attitude like that, it's very humbling. It puts you in the right frame of mind for Yom Kippur, for Kol Nidre, for a, for a Shachris, for a Musa, for, a, for Mincha, for Ni'ila. When you feel like impoverished, you feel like, I'm broke. I'm broke. I have nothing. I don't have anything. No gaiva, no family, no friends, no money. No, I'm not a Muslim. The Granat used to say, that we say in Tfilas, we say it through Slichas, we say it on Yom Kippur, Kedalim ucheroshim dafaknud blasecha. Kedalim ucheroshim, like impoverished, penniless paupers, we bang on the door. Dafaknud blasecha. The Renat says, did you ever see a pauper, somebody comes to your door to collect money, banging? You're banging? I don't see people banging on my door. 
they knock very gently, very parkavadik. They, they ring the doorbell. If you don't come, they, maybe they try it again, and then they leave. Banging on the door, would that, would that endear me to somebody? Who bangs on a door? Dr. Granat, you know who bangs on a door? Somebody that's so desperate that they have absolutely nothing to lose. There's nothing to lose. I have no gaiva anymore. People that knock gently can afford, they still have some money in their pocket that they can, they, it's not, they, it's not, it's not, it's not, suit, it's not, it's not appropriate for them to bang because they still have gaiva. When there are people that are so desperate for tzedakah, for money, that they're, they have nothing to lose, I don't care because I have nothing to lose at this point, I'll bang because I have to get your attention somehow. That's what Ni'ila is. Ni'ila is, it's a time that the gates are, are locking. They're about to close. The Rabbani Shalom is about to, to go up to Shamayim again. And we come and we bang. We scream, we cry. Because we're cognizant of the fact that we really don't have anything. At the end of the day, all of the, the winds should be knocked out of our sails. That's not to say that we should feel depressed on Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is a beautiful day. Yom Kippur is a day that's male simcha in a certain way. There's the potential for kapara, and there's no greater simcha than that. But the frame of mind to get that kapara is not the American frame of mind, it's the European frame of mind. It's the coming before the Rabbi Nishayim and, and you know, taking out your wallet and saying, I got no cash, got no credit, I got nothing. I just have to come to you and cry and beg and bang and scream and promise and plead because with you I have another year. Without you I have nothing. That's what Yom Kippur is in a nutshell. Yom Kippur is a day that simcha, it's shechiyanu, v'kimanu v'gyanu, as when I said, there's no greater schus that we have to have made it through another year, Mitzvah Hashem, another Yom Kippur. The Baal Mus used to say that if a person would be zeichet to a Yom Kippur once every 70 years, it would be amazing. And every year, you know, you'd be hoping to get closer and closer to Yom Kippur because it's like that Yom Kippur is going to be it. We're zeichet every single year to a Yom Kippur. It's an amazing gift. It's a gift like no other, the gift of tshuva. It's a simcha day. it's a yantif, but at the same time, the frame of mind has to be so lowly, diminished, recognizing that I don't really have anything going for me. I don't go into Yom Kippur believing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu owes me because I did this, and I did that, and I, you know, uh, I learned, I dab, uh, no, no, no. We are so indebted to the Rebbeinu we're, we're we're over our heads in debt. We have nothing. We have zero-based budgeting. I, I have to make a case to the Rebbeinu that everything that I have already, I could keep, maybe. Forget about coming in, I'm going to get more. No, 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 forget more. Forget more. Just ask the Rebbeinu Shalom, Plead to the Rabbi that whatever you gave me, let it ride. I'm so grateful. I don't deserve anything. I, 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 I can't thank you enough. When the Chavetz Chaim was a, a very old man, 
they heard him davening to the Rabbeinu Shalom one day, and they said, he said to the Rabbeinu Shalom, Rabbeinu Shalom, he says, he says, you gave me the schos of writing the Mishnah Bura. You gave me the schos of spreading the concept of Shmir Salashan around the world. You gave me the schos to lead Klal Yisrael all these years. And tell me what I could do for you. If I was the Chavetz Chaim, I'd say, Rebbe you owe me. If not for me, if not for Yisrael Mayor Kagan, there would be no, everyone would be talking Lashon Hara like crazy. Everybody, nobody would know what to do in Halacha. There would be no, no Mishnah Bura. Everybody would have uh, less Yerushalayim. I would have a lot less stories to tell. My Shmuzim would be considerably shorter. I'd say, my Eilam Abba is huge. You don't know how much you owe me. Someday I'm going to tell you, but you don't know yet. Chavetz Chaim had the exact opposite attitude. He had a Yom Kippur attitude. So the Rebbe you owe, I owe you everything. Look at what you did. You were mezakeh me to, to help Klai Yisrael. You were mezakeh me. You gave me the kayach to write a Mishnabur. You gave me the kayach to write a Shemir Salashan, to write a Chavetz Chaim, to write a, all the svarim that the Chavetz Chaim wrote, dozens of svarim, spreading Tyra Musar to Klai Yisrael. Writing open letters about Shmir Shabbos and about uh, about doing tshuva. I owe you. I, I, I come so short. I, I come up so short in 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 the credits versus the debits. That's Yom Kippur. It's a beautiful day. Don't come into Yom Kippur depressed. That's not what you should take away from this. You should be happy. It's a schus to be able to come, but just know when you're davening what you're davening for. Don't believe for a second that everything that I have, I'm a muhsuk. Because if you have things, it's all on credit. You swipe the credit card, it didn't mean anything. When I was a kid, you know, you're able to tell who was wealthy in town and who wasn't by the car that they drove. The guys that had money in my town and in all towns, they were driving the Cadillacs and Lincolns. Jaguars was a you know real a real gavir, and the guys that were poor Nebuch, they were driving the, the old you know Oldsmobiles from you know from ten years earlier. That's just the way it was. That's always the way it was until they came up with a concept called leasing, and now every single twenty year old bacher is, is leasing the spitzy brand new car, and it's the the old rich guys that are driving the schlocky cars. Really, I have, I have, my father has a cousin who's a billionaire with a B. He drives a car that the typical yeshiva guy would be embarrassed to pick up a girl on a shuttle date with. That's just the way it is. That's the, that's the difference. But does that mean anything? Today it doesn't mean anything. The guys with, the, with, with fancy cars, doesn't mean everyone's driving a brand new car. It means nothing. So we have this American mindset that you could just look like a gavir, and that's very nice, but there comes a day that you've got to pay for that car. And if you could pay for it, great. But realize that you might not really have the credit to pay for it. And you have to come with that mindset into Yom Kippur saying, Rabbi Yishlam, I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't have anything. At the end of the day, people believe that I have so much, but I know that I don't have anything. And everything that I have is all because you, you gave me bracha. 
but I don't deserve the bracha, and I, I'm going to try to better that. Next year, I'm going to really try to deserve what I have, what you gave me. And that's what Yom Kippur is. So, Mitzvah Hashem, we should have this in mind as we go into the Yom HaKadosh tomorrow evening. We should always um, have this great appreciation for the Rabbeinu Shalom and all he does for us. And have a list of things that you appreciate about the Rabbeinu Shalom. Thank the Rabbeinu Shalom. Make a list maybe before Yom Kippur. Maybe I will also even. Make a list. Make a list. Say, don't, don't come into a list of what you need and what you demand and all, you know, all the people and this and that. Make a list of what, you, what, what the Rabbi Hashem gave you in Tavshanai and Tess and say thank you. Appreciate it. You have a wife? Say thank you. You have kids? Say thank you. You have a job? Say thank you. You have a yeshiva? Say thank you. You have a chavrusa, you have a rebbe, you have, you have chaverim, you have, you have family, you have parents, you have siblings, you have, you have friends, you have money in the bank. These are all brachas. It's not a given. It's not a given at all. We're an inch away. We don't know how, how shallow, how fragile our life is. The difference between having a job and not having a job. Having health and not having health. My daughter just told me that a friend of hers, she has a father, he's perfectly healthy. He just, I don't know, he just fainted on the street, hit his head, has internal bleeding, he's in the hospital. From one minute to the next, life is very, very quick. Life is not. There's no mechzakais ever in life. But we, you know, HaKadosh Baruch gives us this ability to pretend that there is mechzakais. But I'm telling you that comes Yom Kippur, we have to bang on that door. Understand clearly that we don't have anything. At the end of the day, we are much more impoverished than we allow ourselves to believe. The credit cards stop at a certain point. Our shopping cart is full, but we can't afford it. And the only way that we can afford it is if we ask the Rabbi Shalom, Avinu Malkeinu Chaneinu Vaneinu Kein Banu Maisim, we have nothing. But I say, Imanu Tzedakah Vachesed Vaisheinu, the only salvation that we'll have is if you grant us the tzedakah of giving us a beautiful Tavshim Peh.